welcome back to the Value Adds Value podcast with Kyle Krieger and Wilkie Law, where we're sharing inspiring stories of educators just like yourself, helping you to develop your craft and sharpen your tools to become the teacher your students deserve. This is the Value Adds Value podcast. Let's jump into this next episode. What's going on, everybody? My name is Kyle Krieger, and I am thrilled on this episode of Value Adds Value Beat to be talking to someone that is a namesake of mine, Mr. Carter Krieger. Carter, what's going on, buddy? How's it going? I'm good, man. We have been, we have been trying to get at this for, gosh, it must be at least a month now. And yeah. <laughs> I had something going on, then you had something going on, but we... Uh, we're super thrilled to have you, man, and, and to be able to connect with you. It is um, right after my wedding, so got married last week. So, that, congratulations, that, Grace. Thanks, buddy. You know, getting getting used to it, and you know, it's it's such a strange feeling because I don't like you don't really feel any different. Like my life <laughs> really hasn't changed that much. But um, great time. Everybody had a good time got to see a bunch of buddies that I don't normally get to see so all in all it was a great weekend so good yeah and you know I felt the same way after after my wife and I got married and the one thing that I felt was a little different was I felt I felt more ownership in 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 whatever we were taking on together you know like I, I felt like you know what I wanted to be more involved in these decisions or how she was feeling I just wanted to be more involved and like take on that second half of all these decisions. That's the only major difference. Oh. I was just like, yes, like get me involved. Were you one of those before you got married? Were you one of those like most decisions you don't really have an opinion on? You can do whatever you want, honey. I'm still that way, but I, I feel too. like I feel like I'm just more involved, right? Or it fulfills me more when we make a collective decision. You know, and and the crazy and obviously 2020 has been a bonkers year, but we we bought and moved into a house right as Minnesota was going into its first stay at home order. So we've, you know, the, the craziest thing about this year is we've spent almost every minute together for the last right. eight months. So, you know, with that, and, and I think, like you said, that ownership piece of, you know, the decision is, is having a wedding, the right decision. Right. That, it, I, at, at this point, and, and we went back and forth, but what we came to was like, if no one could promise us that this coming spring or even next fall, that it was right. going to be different. And we just, we kind of got to a point where we said, the people that are comfortable are going to come. The people that are not comfortable are not going to come. And I had, like I told you a little bit ago, I had some really close friends. Like when I taught in Texas, I had a, a couple that kind of like the older couple that took me in and I'm sure you have that out there <laughs> in Colorado where you have that older kind of mentor couple that, that took you in. Yeah. Like I still refer to them as mom and pops right. and, and pops called me like three weeks ago and he's like, we just can't, you know, cause they're still in Texas. He's like, we just can't, we just don't feel good about it. And I was like, you know, I don't know how many times I said to people, like, I know that under any right. other circumstance you would have been here. So mm-hmm. And it's kind of the, it's kind of my feeling about every situation 
during COVID because, you know, I want to see people. I want to see friends. I want to see family. And it's obviously not as, as magnified as your wedding, but it's one of those situations where you're kind of, I want to see you. I'm grateful for our relationship, but it's just not worth it right now. So yeah. I'm going to be sad that I can't see you. I'm going to feel that like, I'm just, I'm sad. I'm yeah. sad. I'm sad. But yeah. then I'm just like, you know what? That's where we are right now. And this is going to be tricky with Thanksgiving and the holidays yeah. coming up. Yeah. Cause I hope, hopefully people aren't going to force these mass gatherings yeah. and kind of just realize, you know what, this is not the time to do that. Especially yeah. If you know, and I remember June, June, I had, I had one open night. So I messaged one of my buddies that I hadn't seen him forever. Mm-hmm. He didn't tell his, like, it was real last minute. Didn't tell his wife I was coming over. We all went to, we all went to college together. She sees me and she comes just right in nice. for the full bear hug. <laughs> and just like, and she whispers to me, she, she's like, I don't care. I don't care. I don't right. care. And, you know, I, I'm at their house. It's June. We sit outside. We have a few yes. drinks. We have dinner. And in hindsight, it's fine. Like right. a- after that initial little moment of hugging, like we distance ourselves. But even then you have that like, oh my yeah, God, I oh know. My God, oh my God moment. So, yeah, you know, and I, and I think, you know, you tack on an election year where mm-hmm. the, the country is so polarized that it just, it's making it, it's made it an interesting year to be a teacher. Definitely. So do you want to uh, uh, give our listeners a little bit of your background and how it is you got into the education profession? Definitely. So uh, my name is Carter Pruger and I grew up in Illinois. And when I was going to college, I really had no idea what I wanted to study. So I was undecided for my freshman year. And I had a friend just sit me down and she just asked me, what, what do you like doing? You know, and I thought of, I thought of some service trips that I took when I was in high school and the community that, that created and, and I love supporting people. And she just suggested, why don't you become a teacher? And I was like, okay, I guess I could look into that. And then she's like, well, what are you good at? And I said, well, I'm, I'm pretty good at math. And that was kind of like my thing. I, I wasn't, I wasn't the kid that was like way beyond everybody, but I was always very competent and, and, and positive in math. So I was like, you know what, I'm going to become a math teacher. And from my sophomore year on, I was taking math classes, taking education classes. And initially, it wasn't even the teaching that got me pumped. It was the fact that I was going to, I was like, you know what, I'm going to be a high school coach. That's going to be my thing. And then teaching is going to get me in the building. Yeah. So I finished, I finished college. Uh, I was a high school math teacher. Um, I got a job right out of, right out of college and taught summer school. So I like jumped right in. I was like 21 years old and I was already teaching high school kids, which was just weird because they were like 17. Um, yeah, teaching high school math. And at that point I thought I would be a high school math teacher and football coach forever. That was just like, that, that was what I was going to do for the next 30 years. And I thought I was going to find my niche and I was just going to sit there and do that. And then we moved out to Colorado. My wife brought me here and I continued that process, football, math for the next five years, football fell out and wrestling fell in. So now wrestling, that's my job right now. And uh, so I was like, you know what, I'm going to be a math and wrestling coach for the rest of my career. And then two years ago, probably three years ago, it started a little before that um, full-time high school math teacher uh, full-time wrestling coach. And I was just 
burnt out beyond belief. Just, you know, I, fi- I found myself sitting in the class, standing behind either the podium or the desk based off whatever classroom I was in. Just like, I am anxious right now. I, I've been teaching this stuff for seven years and I'm anxious. I don't know how to connect to kids right now. I don't, I don't feel comfortable with my own skin inside the classroom presenting this stuff. And it just burned me out, burned me out, burned me out. So then two years ago, um, I started seeing, you know what, I really, it might be the math that's burning me out. It might be the high stakes testing. It might be the fact that I need to try to get my failure rate down every semester. Right. Um, when I check in with students, it's all about zeros and getting their, their grades up. It's never about just checking in with students. So I decided to get certified in teaching health. <laughs> and I don't, know, I don't know how it worked out, but my administration, I'm in a pretty large public school and, I'm in a, and my administration just supported me. And they said, you know what, if you can get certified in health, then we will let you teach health part-time and math part-time. Um, so, so a little scary here. All I had to do is pass the test and now I'm a health teacher, but I passed the test. (laughs) Yeah. So literally I just, I study, I passed this test. And then for two years I taught part-time health, part-time math. Um, and that was kind of cool. And we have block scheduling. So it, uh, it switched off days. So I'd be teaching math for three periods one day, and then I'd be teaching health for two periods the next. Um, and I was jiving with that feeling pretty good, but I was still burnt out. I was still just super burnt out. So a year ago, you know, I sit down and with my wife and I'm just like, and she's, she's been seeing it, you know, obviously she knows yeah. what's going down. She's been hearing me come home every day, just not passionate. And I'm a passionate teacher. I get, I get in there and I, I teach hard. I teach really hard, you know, I'm, yeah. just, <laughs> I'm moving, connecting, whatever it is. And, and I said, you know what? I think I'm going to try to start a health coaching business. You know, I love, I love coaching. It's obviously very different. <laughs> I love teaching about health. I love my own personal health journey. And I think it's very, I think it's very basic what I do. And I think people need it. People started asking me questions. Adults started asking me questions about what I'm doing to stay healthy. So I said, you know what, I'm going to start a health coaching business. So I started a health coaching business. And for one semester, I was doing full-time, part-time math, part-time health, coaching, wrestling, and starting this business, which I had no background in. Right. And by the end of that school year, it was just you know, I'd come home and work on the business and I was just exhausted, drained. And I said, why don't I think I'm going to go part-time. And my parents were the first people to be like, you can't do that. Like you can't support yourself. Like, how are you going to go part-time? First off, you're paying out of pocket to start this business and now you're going to lose half your income. Right. Um, but my wife supported me and said, we'll figure this out. So for the past year I've been part-time. So I teach, I teach three days a week. I just teach health, so no more math after seven years of doing that. And, and now I've been working on my health coaching business. So right now where I'm at is teach three days a week health in high school, and every other day of the week I'm just working on my, my small business as Health Coach Carter. And I'm working on you know just getting individuals back to implementing healthy habits so that they can feel joyful and energized in their lives. And, that, and that's what I've been up to. Dude, and I, as someone who... After, you know, it's funny that we both had that seven year mark after seven years in Houston, like I took a year off to, so my buddy Wilkie and I, that I taught with down in Houston, like the podcast, everything we do is through a nonprofit. We started, I took a year off to try to build that. And 
same. My parents are like, nope, you right. can't do that. Right. And, you know, we were talking like, as I was getting ready to get married, I thought back and I'm like, man, that cash from that school year would have really been nice right now. But right. I, I was in that same spot of just being so burnt out. And I didn't realize, like, and you, and you, I couldn't even realize how burnt out I was mm-hmm. until like, I took the year off. And when I came back the next year, Wilkie was like, man, I, I didn't think a person could become a better teacher by taking right. a year off. Right. So I, I feel you on that. That's such a, I mean, it's such a strange journey and I want to yeah. like, I'm trying to process what, so did you get a lot of flack from other people about switching down to halftime? Yeah. There's been a lot of guilt and, and a lot of guilt, a lot of shame. I felt there was my own individual feelings, which was, I'm not a teacher anymore. You know, even though I'm still a teacher <laughs> yeah. and I still identify as a teacher, I felt that I was less of a teacher and I still get the jokes. I'm, I'm a year into this and I still get the jokes. Um, oh, you're only working three days a week or it must be nice to have Fridays off sometimes and stuff like that. Um, and then I get the, oh, you know, I'm really jealous that you're doing this. And I, and then I respond and say, you, you can make this choice too, right? This is, yeah. you know, and I'm not getting paid full time. So just please understand that there's, there's obviously I'm getting 60% yeah. of salary. So, yeah. um, and so I worked through that. I definitely worked through that because my whole life up until I was 29 was that I, my, I identified as a teacher. That was my thing. I was a teacher, coach, period, you know? Yeah. And so I really had to work through that guilt and that shame. And that's one of these things during this pandemic that has been really helpful. At least the first semester that we went online in March was, I just didn't know who I was anymore. You know, I'd wake up and I'd be at home and I would teach, I guess, you know, our, our second semester teaching last year, we had no idea what we were doing. So it was just like assign an assignment. Hopefully you hear from kids through email and that's about it. Right. So I had to definitely work through that. Um, And I still, I still have that guilt a little bit. I'm definitely still a teacher inside my heart and I've I've worked through that one, but I still have just like what you said about maybe that missing, missing cash. Like, do I go back full time? And then I remind myself, you know, maybe I'm still a little burnt out. Maybe I'm still trying to figure out what I want to be. Um, is part-time something I could do for the rest of my career? And maybe it is. So yeah, I'm still working through it. Definitely. Did you, did you feel like, cause like your, what you're saying is echoing so much of what I felt, especially to, did you feel like it took you a while to get into your own identity of like, I can be all of these things at once? Because I felt it really was hard for me to like, let go of, like you said, being a teacher that this is my identity, not, Oh, I'm Kyle. And these are all the things that fit into this big umbrella of what I actually do. Yeah, definitely. And, and I even have more, more dreams than what I'm doing right now. You know, you and I were just talking about in the near future, starting a family. So being a father is going to be part of my identity in the near future. And that's going to be a huge, huge piece of the puzzle. Um, I have, I have dreams of, of being the head coach of our wrestling program and taking that over. And that might be a huge piece of the puzzle. And I'm still adding to that identity. And that's, what's kind of cool about being part-time is that 
I have more flexibility if I want to actually take on some of these new roles that I've been passionate about. So I'm not saying that I think teachers need to go part-time to do this, but what I, I think was so crucial for me is that when I took a step back and realized that I was more than just a teacher, it allowed me to take that time that I would be spending on lesson planning and grading and whatever that may be, even just sitting with the stress of teaching. And I took that energy and, and followed some of my passions. Like I never, never thought I would be a small business owner and that part still stresses me out and I'm working through it. But um, I, I love politics and I love activism. So I've been taking time to look into that and that's been exciting. Um, I love the coaching of wrestling and I've been looking into that. Uh, during the pandemic, I've, I've really started to take time and work on my own meditation practice and I've been taking a lot of time for that. So there's so many, so many things that I'm guessing, obviously this is just projection on my background, but I'm guessing that if I hadn't taken the step down from full-time to part-time, I never would have looking, uh, taken a look at these, uh, these different parts of me, these different passions and explore them. Did you, did you feel like it took you a long time to realize also too that your identity can be fluid? Yeah. It doesn't have to be this like concrete like stamp. This is, this is who I am. This is what I do. Yeah. And it makes us, it makes us, at least in my opinion, it makes us better teachers. It makes, it makes us show our students that we can follow our passions and, and do different things. And, you know, I mean, uh, my last, my last semester of teaching math, in my opinion, I thought I was just the worst. You know, I made a conscious decision. This was when I was seriously burnt out my last full year of teaching full time. And I made a conscious decision that, you know what, I'm going to do less lesson planning. I'm going to make, I'm going to just do the basics in terms of preparing for my class. But when I'm in the class, I'm going to use all my energy I'm just connecting with students. That's what I'm going to do. We have block scheduling, so it's 95 minutes. And by the end of the day, I was just feeling exhausted. So I'm like, you know, I only have these 95 minutes to be present with my, my students. So, you know, my lesson planning went down, my dynamic classes, I'm trying to get kids engaged in all these different things in the planning process. That all went down, but I was very present in the classroom. You know, I was connecting with every single one of my kids. I was opening up conversations. And I've had, and what's cool about my, what I teach now is that, uh, I teach health, which is sophomores and juniors. And what I used to teach was algebra one, which is freshmen. So that I have a unique group of students because I might've had them as algebra one and it's a freshman. And now I have them as health. So it's kind of funny because I'm like solving equations with them and now I'm teaching about sex. So it's like, what is going yeah. on? You know? Yeah. Um, but I get to see them twice. And some of my students that I had during that last year said that I was, I was their best, best math teacher. And I was like, I can't say this, but I was like, I want you to know that I was not your best math teacher that year. Like I was just, I was doing the bare minimum. I was trying to take care of myself. I was doing that, but I think it was just connecting, just connecting with those kids and being fully present while I was with them. And they loved it. They just loved it. You know, it. and it's, it's so funny when you ask a teacher or you ask a teacher to tell you who the best math teacher is. Right. And you ask kids to tell you who the best, yes. best math, like how we have that different, definition of best you know because one of the questions we usually ask on the podcast is you know tell us about your favorite teacher and I promise you I've never had someone say that oh Mr. Kruger he was the bomb because he taught me how to really right. smash the <laughs> you know quadratic formula or whatever right. it's 
that teacher made me feel seen. That teacher made me feel validated. That teacher made me feel capable. Mm -hmm. And, and you know, it's, it's so, it's so strange because now we're in a situation with COVID. You just said, you just went full distance. My school is going full distance that it's, it is much harder to make that connection and, and, and make the kids feel seen, but kind of on that coming, coming back to, I, I personally believe that guilt and shame is a real problem for teachers, no matter Mm -hmm. kind of what your situation. So what, what did that guilt and shame kind of feel like for you as you were making different choices, choices that are outside of the norm of what a teacher's choices should be? Yeah. And I think what's interesting for me is when I look back on it, I could see it showing up. I could see it started, it started with me saying yes to opportunities and then quickly feeling overwhelmed after saying yes and then having to opt out and like apologize to administration. I mean, it started probably two years into being at this school. I, I I thought to myself, you know what? I want to teach summer school. I need the extra cash. I'm going to teach summer school. And then I sit down at a meeting about all the things we have to do for summer school. And I was like, I can't, I can't do this. Like I'm just finishing the school year. I can't jump into a whole new thing for all the summer. And that was the first summer after I said no to summer school, that was the first summer that I took the summer off and not worked. You know, I'd, I'd, I'd worked every summer for the, my entire career. And I was like, you know, I can't do this anymore. And then obviously with who I am, I jump into a different job, <laughs> but it wasn't teaching related and it was refreshing. It was just something different. Um, so that, that's a big thing, this, this idea that, and this might be society's expectations on us, but this idea that we only work nine months out of the year, so we need to be working 12 months out of the year um, in order to be whatever, Productive. our own feeling of who we are. Yeah, yeah. you know, um, working throughout the, all of the breaks, this idea that we have to work and plan and prepare for the next time. Um, a lot of that. And I think this guilt and shame leads us into not taking care of ourselves and, and thinking that if we take care of ourselves, we're, we're somehow selfish. Um, I think the, the one interesting part for this whole pandemic is, you know, some, some professions when they have been forced to work at home or they get to work at home, it's seen as this this cool opportunity that you get to work from home and you don't have to go into the business. But the second we do it as teachers, we feel our own guilt, our own shame. Society says we're not doing our jobs. It's like Mm -hmm. these whole different expectations on our profession. And I think that adds to our own guilt and our shame, you know, because if you look at what we're doing, I'm still working hard. I'm still lesson planning. I'm still connecting. A lot of it's through email and zoom, but I'm I'm doing everything I can without actually being in the classroom. So I'm still working a, a full-time job, and yet we still ha- we we feel these this idea that we're not doing enough, we're not productive, we're not doing our full job. Yeah, you know, and for me, you know, we're a week out from Thanksgiving break, right? And for me, I had to just accept this week that I'm kind of I'm just kind of I'm coasting in for a landing yeah. at this point to take yeah. that week. But I I love what you said. Like I remember early in my career, I would like June fifth, we're done. Mm-hmm. The second week in June, I'm in professional development. I'm doing right. all these different things. And this past summer, I was like, I'm right. not even gonna I'm not even gonna touch my stuff until August yeah. to really to really feel like 
I give myself that, that space. Cause that, that year I took off. I was just going to say that it, <laughs> it just like the fog, you know, the fog was so heavy around me that through that year that I took off, it all kind of just like that weight of everything you carry as a teacher, all of that guilt and shame and all of those moments where you felt like you weren't enough. I mean, cause you know, like you said, I, I, I couldn't understand when the pandemic started, how we were the problem. Yeah. How, how we were. And you know, like they're, they're praising these companies like Google and Twitter who are going to say, yeah, we're going to let our people work from home full time. Yeah. Great. And the other part I thought too, is like, I've not talked to one teacher that if they were 100% sure it was safe, right. wouldn't go back. Yeah. That's, that's hard. Yeah. And I understand, I understand how you're feeling with the coasting in because I feel, I, I felt that way a lot during online learning and I felt that way second semester. I, I felt that way even when we were at hybrid. So the way our hybrid worked is I got to see my students once a week. They were in the building twice a week, but on the other day they were with their B-day teachers because we're on block scheduling. So I got to see my students for 95 minutes once a week. And I had, I, I sat down with myself and I said, well, I need to take 40 classes and limit it down to 16 because that's all we get for the entire semester. Um, we can assign remote learning assignments, but it's not, unless they're super meaningful, it's not going to be that much of a positive experience for them. So I said, you know what, I have 16 times I'm going to see them. And I was like, you know what, this might, if, if, if an outsider came in and said, look at the material that I'm covering compared to what I'm covering now, they would say, you're not teaching as much. And I'd be like, you're right. I'm not, but I have 95 minutes with my students during a pandemic where they've been isolated for six months. I'm not going to force material down their throat. I'm going to get them to have fun. I'm going to get them to talk to each other. I'm going to get them to see that it's okay to feel this way, that it's crappy right now. So let's try some meditation. Let's go on a walk. Let's talk about what we're grateful for. Like those are the things. And that's what I've been super lucky to not be a math teacher right now. It's because I don't have these standards that are, that are like, there's no test that's going to tell me if I'm doing a good job or not. The, what, the way I feel in terms of if I'm doing a good job is if my students are smiling at the end of my class and they say, hey, I'm happy that I got to come see you. I'm like, boom, that's a win. Yeah. You know, and for me being, being a social studies teacher, I kind of feel you on that health side of mm -hmm. being, being a content that's not as rigorously tested. Right. And, and just, you know, the funniest thing was like, I miss the spontaneous stuff of being in a classroom where things just go, go nuts. So, so my students have gotten into the habit of calling me grandpa K which I'm fine with. <laughs> And they, they were all like, Hey, you should wear a wig for your wedding and da, 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 da. So I'm like, all right. So yesterday, no Thursday, I'm with them. I'm like, all right, here's a picture of me. Photoshop your favorite wig onto it. Right. And it, it was one of the most fun things we've done yes. all year. And, and it's just those moments where you feel like that that's what the connection is. And it's, it's super hard because you know, as far as we know, Minnesota is still going to do their state testing. Right. So are we. Yeah. You know, and it's just, how, how do you expect teachers to get through 
all of this content, you know, and, and with our change, we're going to, I'm going to do two live sessions a week with my students, 30 minutes each. So I'm getting a face to face with them for 60 minutes a week. So I'm, I'm in that same spot as you is like, mm -hmm. yes, I know I should teach social studies, but I'm like, man, I just want to make it a space where they can come and hang out and, and do that stuff. But yeah. I, and just to, just to, uh, make a quick comment about just a small little segment that you brought up where you said how we we're doing all the state testing. So we're expected to still teach all the material. And then the flip side of that is this directive. I don't know if you're seeing this from your administration or we have a massive district. So coming down from our superintendent is this constant message of teacher self-care, but, uh, but then all of the, 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 the points of emphasis are, we need to still teach everything. We need to still be doing everything we could have been doing if it was a regular school year. And yet you want us to take care of ourselves. There's just this, this contradiction. Uh, but you, 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 can't, you can't really do both. You know what I mean? It's like, take care of yourself, but I need you to teach twice as hard. It's like, huh, that's, that's going to be tricky for me to do. <laughs> well, and I'm just thinking about, you know, and I know that email too, that it's got yeah. here. Here's a link to some self-care yes. resources. Yeah. I'm not looking well, at that. <laughs> when, you, when, you, when you grind me, you know, right down, yeah. down to the bone, like there's the, 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 what I found in my, you know, health journey is the digger, the hole, the, the bigger, the hole I dig myself when it comes to my health, like the worse my habits get, mm -hmm. the, the harder it is to dig yourself out of it. Mm -hmm. So now we're in a situation where there's so much, so much going on. So I guess what I want to ask you is how, how do you deal with that guilt and shame of saying, nope, you know what, I'm going to prioritize, I'm going to spend, because I find myself saying like, oh my God, do I have 10 minutes to do my meditation this morning? Do I have 45 minutes to take a run or do yoga or do a workout like how do you, how do you deal with that right now because i think that's a space where a lot of teachers find themselves is more than any other year we're being asked to do the impossible and yeah. I, I i know that i do and i'm sure other teachers feel that guilt of saying nope i gotta stop what i'm doing and spend an hour on myself yeah i think there's two main parts to that the first is exactly what I try to teach when I'm teaching about health, which is, yeah, we're, we, are, we are sold all of these expensive or uh, intense new diets or workout plans or whatever it is, but health can be super basic, right? You can get back. This is, this is the program that I've created. It's called Back to the Basics of Healthy Living. And it can be as simple as simple supportive habits, five, 10 minutes here or there, um, I've tried to focus on eating clean, moving more, and getting better sleep. And one of the challenges that I do is just it's just to start with a walk challenge. It's like, just go for a walk. You know, it's, that's one of those things people are like, oh, that's not exercising. I'm like, you know what? It is exercising. Not only that, you're, you're getting away from work. You're getting some fresh air. You're getting some sunlight. There's so many positives. Um, and it's five to 10 minutes. Um, you know, we think that we have to we have to put in this 45 minute to an hour long workout. But if our body is already super stressed and then we just go through an hour of intense working out, that's just more stress on our body. So if, if, if my goal is truly to be, 
present in my life with my students, with my family, with what my passions are, then if I'm just going to keep on digging this hole that you just talked about, right? If you're already in this deep, deep hole and then you say, you know what, I'm going to go through this intensity workout, you're just digging deeper in the hole, right? We need to restore a little bit. So maybe that day going for a 10 minute walk is the best thing for you, right? Maybe that day um, having a, a eating some more vegetables is the best thing you can do right now. You know, something simple, right? We don't have to yeah. go on this intense new diet. First off, it's probably not going to be sustainable. That's just yeah. be real. You know yourself. We've all done it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and it, it, it's funny that you bring up vegetables because we wound up with like all of this extra food from our wedding. Yeah. And Brittany was just joking. She's like, I haven't eaten a vegetable since right. <laughs> Thursday of last week. So that just strikes me as super funny. But, you yeah. know, in, in leading up to the last couple of weeks, what we want to talk about, I told you that like I got started doing CrossFit like mm -hmm. seven or eight years ago and I would never bash CrossFit because I love it. It made such a big difference in my life. But the gym I went to and a lot of gyms are like, you're not doing it right if you're not just straight right. thrashing yourself. Yeah. And there was a point a few years ago where I was working out five days a week and eating healthy. And I had put on like 10 unhealthy pounds. Cause I, like you said, I had stressed my body so much that it couldn't, it right. couldn't, it couldn't cope. It couldn't do that. And even what you said with like the walk, like I'm in my basement. I have spent the majority of my time the last six months teaching from down here. Mm -hmm. And it amazes me how much of a difference it makes if I take five minutes and I just go outside and breathe fresh air. Right. And to connect with what you were just talking about with CrossFit. So my passion is triathlon. So I race Ironman triathlons. Yeah. And that's, that's a lot of time putting right. on the bike and running and swimming. But if I were to, if I wasn't passionate about triathlon and I were to literally just live a simple, healthy life, I would not be training 12 hours a week. That's just not, that's just not what the norm is. Yeah. We have, we get these expectations that, First off, we look at professional athletes and these influencers, and that's where we get our information from. But most of us, the heavy, heavy majority, we're not professional athletes, we're not influencers. So like, if I were to look at in my own health, it would be, I'm gonna eat simple, I'm gonna go on a few walks per day, you know, maybe I'll do some push-ups, some pull-ups, some body weight things a few times here or there. Um, maybe I'll sprint once a week to really push it. Um, but then everything else is gonna focus on good sleep, it's going to focus on eating clean and it's going to focus on moving a little bit more. And that's going to lead me to a healthy, healthy life where I feel good. And yet we have these expectations that I need to be working out hard five days a week. I need to be following a strict keto diet or whatever the diet is that you've looked into. Right. Um, I need to be productive 20 hours a day and only sleep four hours a day. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. like take a step back, keep it simple and you're going to feel better. And you're, and, and it's just, it's just these, these uh, ideas that we have to do this in order to be healthy, but we're not professional athletes. We're just, we're just trying to be healthy. We're just trying to feel good. So, yeah. so dial it back a little bit and realize you don't have to work out 45 minutes to an hour every day. You don't have to go on a strict diet. You don't have to take sleep supplements. You can just put your phone away a little bit and you'll sleep a little better, you know? So there's yeah. just some, some simple things that we can do. And the second thing, um, especially for teachers, and I don't know how to, I've worked on the messaging. I've worked on the conversation. I, and I haven't broken through. <laughs> um, but for teachers, we need to realize that we are more than a teacher. And taking care of our health, whether it has hit us now, 
it's going to, it's going to take care of us one day. One day you're going to be like, you know what? Holy crap. I'm exhausted. I can't even show up for school today. Or you're going to get some sort of disease or you're going to be, you're going to wake up and say, holy crap, I'm really overweight and I need to take care of my health. It's going to happen whether you do it now or in the future, you know, you're going to have to take care of your health. What, what do you think the difference is when you're talking to teachers and even, you know, just like your, your messaging on your Instagram that you are so, because the thing I like about following you is you're always talking about the things that you're doing. I feel like if, if I were to follow your program, I would be doing things that I know you're doing yourself. So what do you, what do you think the difference is there when it comes to you and, and what you talk about in the fact that you, you are just sharing and living your personal journey? Yeah. And that's, and that's taken me some time because I didn't, I didn't get to this like right off the bat. So, um, I've been training for triathlon since college. I was on the university of Illinois triathlon team, and that was just a fun way to be active and still compete. Um, because as if you were a high school athlete, you know that you can't play football for the rest of your life unless you're a professional and, and I can't wrestle for the rest of my life. So I, I had to find something. So I found triathlon and I took time to really uh, train as much as I could. And I was following these intense programs and then I get burnt out and slow down a little bit. And then I was like, you know what, I'm going to focus on my diet. And I tried, I tried biohacking my way to healthier life. And that was like taking supplements and, and that didn't work. (laughs) And then my wife and I watched forks over knives and we're like, you know what, we're going to go vegan. We're doing this. We're going vegan. So we went, (laughs) I went vegan for six months. She went vegan for a year and then it wasn't sustainable. We didn't feel, feel our best. So at that point I just realized, you know what, I'm just going to live simply. I'm going to dial back my training. Uh, I'm going to meet, I'm going to eat whole foods. You know, what I eat is a lot of, a lot of meat, fish, fowl, eggs. I eat healthy fats. I eat vegetables. And then when I'm training more, or I feel like I want something sweet, I'll eat some more fruits and maybe some dark chocolate, um, some nuts and some seeds. Um, so I eat really simply. And then I walk, I, I walk a lot. You know, I, I podcast, I listen to podcasts as I walk. I, um, I take, we have, uh, we have 90 minute periods at school. So I have a huge chunk of time off. So I don't feel guilty taking a 10 minute walk during that 90 minutes. Cause I can still lesson plan and work. Yeah. Um, I love to play. I wish I could be more competitive right now, but sometimes I play volleyball. Sometimes I shoot hoops at the park. Um, and, and it's just, it's, it's made me feel better. <laughs> and it's, 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 it's made me realize that health doesn't have to be super difficult. And I, and I want to be really clear that it's taken me a long time to get here. And from the small business side, it doesn't sell well. <laughs> like I'm, I, it's taking, it's going to take me and I've realized this and I'm working through it. It's going to take me a long time to sell the fact that I, you're not going to lose 15 pounds in the first week when you work with me. That's just not how it's going to happen. Yeah. Because I'm going to tell you to go for a walk. I'm going to tell you to eat some more vegetables. I'm going to tell you to put your phone away 10 minutes before you go to sleep. Because I want it to turn into a habit. Instead of saying, if I, if, if I wanted you to lose 15 pounds, I know how to do it. <laughs> but I don't think it's going to be sustainable. Yeah. So I'm gonna, we're going to do it over months and months and months. So it's, it's not the sexy thing. It's just not. Yeah. But it's real and it's sustainable. And it makes me feel better. And I don't spend all my time and all my energy on my health. It's just small little choices throughout the day. 
Yeah. And I think, you know, we, we could echo you too. I mean, cause we've been doing the podcast going on four years now and we, you know, when we first started, I was like, yeah, we're going to be the greatest, most wonderful podcast. We're going to be the Joe Rogan of education podcast. Right. And we're just not, but we continue to do it and we continue to, to enjoy it. And I even think like there are times where it's hard for me to just stop and, and listen to a podcast or to, to just take a walk. And, and I think those are the habits that I think, like you said, the, the sustainable habits, because I know that between myself and Wilkie, like we go in spurts of things that are really good. But like you said, when you're really going in a spurt where you're really pushing yourself hard, it's, it's not sustainable. And even me too, like asking, I was talking with you about this, like, I don't, I haven't written goals down in forever. Mm -hmm. And even after you and I've been talking, I, I have to define for myself, like I have, I have the note card right here. Like what is, what is health and fitness? What is like, what does it right. mean to me? Yeah. You know, cause when even high school and college and out of college, nobody was talking about sleep at that point. Right. And honestly, that's one of the, the things like sleep and mobility and, overall health and being yeah. able to sustain being able to, to sustain something because you know we were talking you know you're talking about having kids like right in a couple of years when we have kids I'm not going to get more time back right I'm going to have to have I'm going to have less time and it's going to be what I and I'm just thinking about what you said like I better start building these habits over like the next year or two Mm -hmm. So that way, when that kid comes, there's still the habits and I don't have to try to like make new habits right. with the responsibilities of being a father. Yeah. And, and I, I've had all these thoughts exactly the same way you have in, in, in thinking about what I, what is my health going to look like when I do become a father and what's nice about it and what's the positive about it is if your goal, and I don't know if this is for everybody, but my goal when I become a father is to be present whenever I'm with my child. So whenever I have that opportunity, I want to be present and mindful of our time together. Right. And, and your health doesn't have to come secondary to that. You know, because if, if your goal, what you just said, health was, was functional movements, was mobility, was feeling good, being able to get down off the ground and back up with your child, like those are the things you want to be able to do then when you're with your child, that's going on walks, that's going to the park, that's being able to lift your child and play on the floor with your child. Um, we, if we want to sleep better, we need to take time away from devices. Perfect. So be present with your child and put the phone away. Like all of these things can, uh, you want, you know what you say, oh, I really want to teach my child about healthy eating. Great. So do it with your child. Cook with your child. Create some healthy, healthy habits about how to eat clean and fruits and vegetables and, and healthy meats and, and good sources of fat. Like all of these things can work together. And yet we think that it's going to be either or. Well, how am I going to get my one hour gym workout in? Maybe you're not. Maybe you sleep an extra hour and you're more present with your child when you have that time. Like those are the things we kind of think that they have to be separate. But they don't have to be separate, especially if your health and wellness goals are mobility, feeling good, being functional, and being able to play with your kid, then let's do it. That sounds great. <laughs> and the thing about it too, that it struck me, and this is going to have to be for another podcast, but you know, when I think about in my life, if we're talking about good things, I've paid 
for years $150 plus a month to go do CrossFit. Yeah. And when that was like a priority, I didn't mind paying it. But now I'm sitting here thinking to myself, like that little bit less stress on our family of paying that, that less bill. And also, like you said, you don't, you don't need to do that. So I'm just thinking to myself, like sometime, you know, cause this is mid November mm-hmm. sometime in December, we're going to have to get back on with you and, and we'll talk with Wilkie and we'll workshop, we'll workshop our goals. And maybe, I don't know if you'd be into this, but just do like a monthly check-in with you of just sure. having you know, stuff like that. Cause like, I feel like I spent so much time in my life thinking it had to be complicated, right? thinking it had to be hard. And even it took me a long time to convince myself that 25 or 30 minutes of yoga was a valid form of right. exercise. Right. Cause so many, it definitely I, is. <laughs> oh, it for sure is. So and if you love it, heck yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we're, 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 we're pushing the hour mark and I definitely want to be respectful of your, uh, your weekend time. And as I suspected, we, I asked you the first question and we have not <laughs> touched on it any of the other ones but i think we kind of went over it but as we wrap up here there are two two questions we really want to ask everybody so the first mm-hmm. one is if you had a billboard that you knew every kid and we'll make every teacher well every kid every teacher on their educational journey you knew they would pass that billboard and see what you had to say what what would you put on that billboard i would put take time for yourself. Mm. And that's this, this, this came up, obviously it comes up with teachers all the time, but it came up with students as well because we had, we had a fall break three weeks ago. And first off it came at the perfect time because it felt like all of our teachers were just stressing beyond belief. All of our students were stressing on belief. Um, and I was talking to a few students and I said, you know, I'm really excited for this fall break because you get, you're going to get some time to take time for yourself and like recover. And, and first off, our students don't know how to do that. They don't have the skills yet to say, Holy crap, I'm really exhausted. I'm really burnt out. I need to do something that's going to help me recharge and take care of myself. Like we talk about self care all the time. So not only do our students not know how to do it, but I don't think our teachers do either. Right. And not having the guilt about being productive. You have to be productive all the time. So I would just say, you know, take time to do something that makes you feel really good and just kind of recharge and and know that not only is that okay, but it's going to make you a better teacher, a better student, a more present father, whatever it is, that's going to benefit every other aspect of your life. So be, take time for yourself. All right. So before we ask the last one, people want to connect with you, find you, learn about your programming. Where's, where are the best places for them to do that? Yeah, so the two main spots would be my website, which is www.healthcoachcarter.com. And just like everything we talked about um, with getting back to the basics of healthy living, I do offer a free five-day simple habit challenge. Um, And you can see that right when you uh, check out my website. You can just sign up for it. It's free. It's five days. It's on your own. You get email accountability and lessons every single day. And we implement simple habits, just like you and I talked about, 10 minutes of movement, going for a walk, eating some vegetables and putting your phone away. So that'd be the first place to check out would be my website, www.healthcoachcarter.com. And the second would be is if you are on Instagram, it's at healthcoachcarter. 
All right, man. Well, I was glad we got to connect. It's been a long time coming, but like I said, I gotta, we definitely want to bring you back on in December and kind of talk about, cause I'm sure, you know, one thing that I missed too is the end of year reflection to look at my mm-hmm. habits. So if we can maybe have you back on to have kind of a end of end of year checklist, just kind of get, getting ready for next year. But our final question for you, when it's all said and done, what, what would you like your legacy to be? What would I like my legacy to be? I think I'm going to go back to that, that one word that I've brought up all the time. And it's something I'm working through is, is I want to be present in whatever I'm working on. If I'm in a conversation with you, I want to be completely present while I'm here. If I'm with my students, I want to be completely present when I'm with them. And, and it, and it's taken me a long time to be clear on that because that's probably what brought led to the burnout was that I felt like I had to do everything, everything all the time. Yeah. And now it's just like, you know what? I want to be present with who I'm with and, and what I'm passionate about. All right, buddy. Well, great talk, man. Can't wait to do it again. And thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Thanks, Kyle. It was great to have, be here.